Welcome to Theme Park Paradise. Dallas, you have another special Epcot episode in store for us today. Yes. So as I teased last week, this episode, we're going to be talking about a few animated TV episodes that say one case is pretty obviously a parody of Epcot. Uh, and in another case is more of a loose connection, but both of them are associated with Epcot in some way. One of them is an episode of The Simpsons. Another one is an episode of Batman, the animated series. I had Ryan watch both of these episodes. The Batman one I've seen multiple times over the past couple of years. The Simpsons one I saw for the very first time a few weeks ago, which is why I wanted to do this episode because Ryan brought it up probably last month on the show. That's what inspired it. I kind of like the contrast. One's more comedy and one is not contrast there we can start with the simpsons though because i know that's when you really want to talk about episode seven of season 14 it aired on january 5th 2003 it's called special edna if i remember correctly the first half is some sort of plot with bart's teacher where she doesn't feel respected or i don't know and some weird plot with her banging the principal or something i yeah principal skinner yeah yeah I've only seen a few full episodes of The Simpsons, so I'm not a Simpsons person. I don't know any of the characters, really, or any of that. Like, side characters. Yeah. Kind of goes over my head. But basically, he, Bart, for some reason, feels bad and puts her up for a Teacher of the Year award or something. She wins, and the prize is a trip to Epcot, which is a parody Mm -hmm. name of Epcot, obviously. So that's the basic. And then the second half is what we're going to talk about, I think, mostly, which is just all of the parodies of the rides and all of that. I'm assuming you watched this episode today, Ryan. I did. So what are your initial thoughts? I'm sure you've seen it before, but. I do want to start that, man, this episode could not have been made in today's culture. (laughs) (laughs) And we're only 19 years removed, but it's still, I was like, oh, man. That's a long time, though. Yeah. But I didn't realize how, because it's not even that old. I guess it's old, but for Simpsons, it's not that old. No, of an episode. season 14. Because I thought it was older when I was thinking about it. But the first half of the episode was whatever. Like we said, we're probably not going to discuss that. But I loved just like playing into the trope that Epcot is boring. Yeah. It was Which, just hammered a thousand times of how boring this park yes, is. Yes, that's what it's going off of. A lot of the Simpsons writers or nerds obviously if not all of them so they're a lot of them are into theme park stuff in disneyland and obviously the the stereotype of epcot was it's boring it's educational and obviously that's where the jokes came from i'm just gonna get into some of the parodies because like i said it's not just epcot they kind of parody a lot of different stuff and put it into this fake version of epcot from different parts of disney parks but it starts with the joke that you said on this podcast which i forget what was it It was a billboard that they yeah i forget what it says but yeah but yeah and the joke right away is you know we're going to to disney or whatever and then oh no it's the other one and homer goes ah (laughs) so i have it right here it's when every other part when every other place is booked and then homer moans that fcot is even boring to fly over (laughs) so i want to say that 
in this episode when they say Walt Disney World or Disney World, they mean Magic Kingdom. Kingdom yeah. And when they and then Epcot is obviously Epcot. <laughs> First thing I noticed, and this is gonna kind of tie into what we're gonna talk about next week, is uh, this came out in 2003. By then, the Horizons building was demolished uh, and about to become Mission Space. But the first building you see is Horizons. It's a parody of the Horizons building. And it's in this episode, it's where the teacher award thing is happening. Um, but that's the first building you see. The first ride they go on is called the Future Sphere, which is obviously a Spaceship Earth parody. The ride itself is more a parody of if you had wings, which was an old Tomorrowland ride presented by Eastern Airlines, which this this ride that they go on is literally, they say, presented by Eastern Airlines. Yeah, a bunch of times throughout the ride. <laughs> yeah. uh, another joke that we talk about a lot of the rides at Epcot are we go in them because of the air conditioning. And there's a part where Marge goes, oh, it's nice and cool in here, don't you think? <laughs> Trying to like make it seem interesting for Lisa. Yeah. I love that one. Then they go on the transportation. Is it like the transportation ride, the transportation pavilion, where they go on an electric car of the future? And it was sponsored by the gas producers of America, which that is a nod, I think, to Universe of Energy, which was sponsored by ExxonMobil for most of its, or at least before it became Ellen's Energy Adventure, it was presented by ExxonMobil. That's how they built these pavilions they got sponsors from companies corporations i love the car that they go on the electric car where it's like huffing and puffing and sounds like droopy dog kind of um which i think is it's mocking autopia too i think like just how slow and boring autopia is and you can't you can like go nine miles an hour and uh, that kind of thing there's also a gay joke i forget what it was but i know i i wrote it down it's about being electric like driving an electric car makes you gay gay yeah uh, there's a joke about uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, but this is Honey, I Squirted Goo on the Audience, which also feels like a Nickelodeon type parody too, about the sliming and all that. And so I have those rides. And then there's just a bunch of throwaway jokes about there is there is more there is more rides yeah so there's, there's our, our attractions great moments great moments with Mr. So Eisner I was gonna say that <laughs> which I love that joke. That's a fantastic joke. Obviously, great moments with Mr. Lincoln, which is a Disneyland yeah. attraction. That's what that's parodying. Uh, the Enron Ride of Broken Dreams, which I love Enron jokes because I don't think anyone, even at our age, really remembers that. Yeah. But so that's just kind of nowadays false flat. But at the time, it was very topical. Uh, my favorite, though, do you know about the Monsanto House of the Future that was in Tomorrowland for a while in the 60s? I know of the name, but I don't. So this is a total ripoff of that, but it's called The Home of Tomorrow. <laughs> there's one part where the animatronic, there's a joke about how he doesn't have any legs, so he's never going to get up. <laughs> and then there's some sort of joke about Edna. I think Principal Skinner said it where he was, because he was the one in the Monsanto, not the Monsanto, but the House of Tomorrow, where he jokes about the ride being like Edna because it's educational and offers mild thrills. <laughs> that was a funny joke. Yeah, it was. Like it just it the first like five minutes of them being Epcot, it's just like you could tell these people are Disney people, like Disney theme park people, because it's so many inside jokes. I think it's hilarious. I do love it's clearly Epcot because like the World Showcase background is basically looks just like World Showcase, which I thought was mm -hmm. funny. 
like I noticed all like Japan looks like Japan and there's Mexico and Italy and the American Adventure Building right in the middle. And France has the Eiffel Tower. And they did like a fake illumination show. Yes, the firework spectacular. Nighttime yeah. spectacular. I enjoyed watching the episode. I don't watch Simpsons anymore, so it was good to be able to go back and watch it. It's also weird, like just some of the jokes before, like Osama bin Laden being referenced. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, wasn't there a reference to like airplanes taking over and I'm not, I'm not sure. Some sort of, on the Spaceship Earth ride, there was some sort of reference to that, to the airplanes, like, enslaving humans or something. But yeah, this was, like, the height of that. It had to be an Osama joke in every episode, I'm sure. Also, there was a pro-boner joke by Bart. Uh-huh. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I thought they did a good job making fun of Epcot. Yeah. They really, they really only focused on it for, like, maybe 10 minutes, so... Yeah, they squeezed it in. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about the Batman, the animated series episode, Deep Freeze, which, depending on where you look, it's weird with the Batman animated series in terms of how they split up seasons and stuff. Google says it's season three, episode 10, and the season three finale. But I think it's like, is it season two, episode 15 on HBO? Yeah, that's what you sent me. Yeah, it aired November twenty sixth, nineteen ninety four. And where do we begin with this one? <laughs> so, I will tell you, this is the first time I've ever watched the show. Uh-huh. I, I've never watched a second of Batman the animated series, and I was confused, so I put it on, and then it was like Batman and Robin, whatever the hell name. I'm like, okay, I'm so confused. Why is it Batman the animated series? But then when you launch it. It says Batman and Robin. It was like, oh yeah, after like season one, it was rebranded. Rebranded it, which is why those episodes get all mixed up and the seasons get all mixed up. So then you told me really, you might have told me, but I just spaced on its connection to Disney and Epcot. So I was just like waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm like, okay, this is more just like parallels between this theme park idea of Disney's utopia weird city um, city thing and then like connections of him maybe being frozen i was yes. like okay yeah it did it tied in the, the now debunked you know wanted maybe he i'm sure he did talk about possibly being cryogenically frozen other celebrities have been frozen so when i was looking that up it said michael eisner maybe was on that like push the rumor forward why? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, to me, what this is really saying is it's taking the basic idea of Walt, what Walt wanted to do later in life when he was basically dying, which the character that's supposed to be Walt in this episode is ailing, is older, which is he wanted, he didn't like how cities were being run. He didn't like the crime and the violence. And he, what he really hated was traffic city transportation and that kind of thing he truly did buy all this land in florida and it was called the florida project but he did it because he wanted to build a perfect utopia you know which in theory sounds good but if you really think about it he sounds like a madman he does so what this episode is doing is taking obviously creative license and creating this theme park mogul character named grant walker (laughs) 
<laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Grant Walker and his whole thing is he is a theme park. Like they don't sugarcoat it. He's a theme park guy. <laughs> he builds theme parks. You might as well have called him Walt Disney, honestly. But it's if what if Walt Disney was purely evil, basically, is what it's saying. Because Grant Walker is has already built this utopian city off of Gotham and the water called Oceana. And it's all contained. And his idea is to have he kidnaps Mr. Freeze and he wants Mr. Freeze to not only freeze him cryogenically so he can live forever or live longer, but also he wants him to freeze everyone outside of Oceana to death, basically. He wants to kill all the other people that he deems not good for his society. I mean, obviously it's heightened of what Walt wanted, but it, you know, the parallels are there. Yeah, I just want to get some of the other kind of nods to Disney. So I don't know if this is what they were thinking. It was written by Paul Dini and Bruce W. Tim, who all the great episodes of the show are Paul Dini written. He's a genius in my opinion. It was directed by Kevin Altieri. Paul Dini is a Disneyland guy, obviously. Otherwise, why make this episode? And at the time, we've talked about it on this podcast before, there was announcements in 1990 for something called Port Disney in Long Beach. It was going to be a theme park, but also hotels and uh, marina and a cruise ship port. And there was a part of the Disney Sea theme park there that was called Oceana. So I have to imagine it has the connection, it has something to do with that. Uh, it was going to be a big sphere like the one in the show. And I was going to talk about the ocean and that kind of stuff, kind of an Epcot style educational pavilion. We also have E. Card Walker, who is the CEO of Disney from 1976 to 1983 when Epcot was opened, the theme park Epcot, uh, and his name is Grant Walker. So I don't think that's a coincidence. Who knows? They also make a reference where they go to that one guy's house and he like makes robots and stuff. Yeah, what are the comments? It's not Imagineer. Oh, so a visioneer. <laughs> visioneer. I was one of Grant's original visioneers. <laughs> Like that's a clear parody of Imagineer. Even the design of Oceana looks similar to some of the concept art for the Progress City, as well called it. And then there was also a part where Grant Walker literally doesn't he call it some he calls it something similar to the Epcot, an acronym. Something to do with this experimental community. But he almost said Epcot, basically. So yeah, they're just kind of hitting you over the head with that stuff. <laughs> They're not trying to hide it in any way. There's a line that Batman says that I think kind of sums up Walt towards the end of his life, which was, well, not just the end of his life, his whole life, uh, which was men like Grant aren't going to let little things like the law get in their way. <laughs> and if you know about Walt's history, very shady ways that he bought the uh, property in Florida and even after his death, the way that Disney has handled like politics in Anaheim and in Orlando. And he was very anti-union during like the making of Snow White and all that. I think that was an obvious nod to Walt. And then again, they just hit you over the head with Grant talking about, no, he doesn't want crime or violence or pain. He wants to build a city where good folks can live in peace and all the connotations to what good folks means. Not to bring up Hitler, but it felt very Hitler-y. I'm just going to kill all the people I don't think are like the perfect humans and leave the ones that I think are. Um, it was also culty because everyone in Oceania dressed the same. And 
I felt bad for Mr. Freeze. That's There's nothing to do with that. I've got stuff, but I, I want, yeah, I would like to talk about Mr. Freeze because the first Mr. Freeze episode is called Heart of Ice, which kind of lays the background story of him about how he was turned into the, the way he was, where he has to be in sub zero temperatures to survive. And his wife was supposedly burned in a fire. This episode is telling us that <laughs> Grant Walker somehow saved her some i don't i don't know i love and, that it was just complete bs We're like we just have to make up the most ridiculous thing and yeah. we're gonna run with that i mean the whole point being like mr freeze is only motivated by the love of his wife nora as he calls her <laughs> which I'll, after this i want to talk about the voiceover performances because i think they're fantastic but this mr freeze is very tragic he's a very tragic figure very sad He's not evil inherently. He just is motivated by Nora and his love of Nora. So anything to get Nora back, whether it's kill a bunch of people, he doesn't care. Like he just wants Nora back because originally he does not want to help Walker. What are some of the lines? Because Grant Walker wants to be frozen like him. And he's like, why would you want that? It's horrible. I'm I'm suffering. This is awful. I don't want to be like this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I would take one day of your like your horrible old life yes. versus a thousand years, years of mine. <laughs> yeah. And he says, Eternal life trapped in this wretched shell. What a miserable joke. Abandoned and alone, a prisoner in a world you can see but never touch. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It's so sad. Um, but of course, then he played blackmails him with Nora. And he changes his mind. Sure, I'll help you. And then this is a 21 minute episode. So things have to move pretty quickly. So Batman comes in, which I love when their plane goes down and they, they're in the water and they're wearing these weird like yeah. face masks that are some not attached to anything, but somehow they can breathe underwater with them. But they get to Mr. Freeze and convince him pretty quickly to change his mind. Like he just looks at Nora for a second and then immediately changes his mind. I think the idea being he realizes he can be with Nora and not kill a bunch of people. He can just blow the Oceana up, like help Batman blow Oceana up and still end up with Nora, which at the end he does. So that's beautiful. Although the whole point was Grant, wasn't Grant Walker going to help her live, I think? Yeah. So he sacrifices that, but he can still be with her dead body, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The part got a little weird. I don't know how it like perfectly got broken out. Yeah. A little area. I was like, oh, what? okay. And this is an animated show. I love where Batman tries to get Freeze to come with him because he's like, you're going to die here, you know? So come with us. And he tries to rope him over. And instead, Freeze freezes um, Robin. So Batman has to leave him alone, basically, to help Robin. I love the animation in this, though. It's so cool. Like, the way that Oceana looks and the imagery when Freeze first shows up to where Batman is. And did you just see red eyes? Uh, and then he shoots his gun and the swirls envelop the screen. I have an interesting fact for you. Interesting please, fact, Dallas. Please say it. Okay. Grant Walker does not appear again in the animated series, which you probably knew. Yeah. But he does appear in several issues of the comic book, Batman Gotham Adventures, as the second Mr. Freeze. So he escapes the ice. But it's, he's like moving around, just like screaming for help. Yeah. So Grant Walker is voiced by Daniel O'Hurley, who is an Oscar-nominated Irish actor. He was nominated in the 50s, so he was an older. At this point, he was probably in his 80s. So he's dead. 
yes, he's dead now. Okay. <laughs> uh, which I believe so is Michael and Sarah, who voiced uh, Mr. Freeze in multiple episodes. He was born in Lebanon and his parents immigrated, but because he was of Middle Eastern descent, of course, he played Native Americans. That was his career basically in the 50s. Uh, and he played a character named um, Coach Ice, who was an Apache leader, I believe an actual historical figure. And he played him in like three or four different Western shows in the 50s and 60s. But he's fantastic as Mr. Freeze. He's so heartbreaking. <laughs> so heartbreaking. You feel so bad for Mr. Freeze. Which is a complete con- contrast to the Mr. Freezes we know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Very different. So Mr. Freeze fact, Dallas. Yes. This is the first episode in DC Animated Universe where Batman and Mr. Freeze team up to stop another villain. Which I also like that about this episode is the traditional villain is not the villain really of the episode. But as I said, Mr. Freeze is not like other villains where he just is evil to be evil. He has other motivations. In the first episode that he's in, he makes it clear to Batman that he doesn't want to fight Batman, but Batman is choosing to take the side of his enemies. So he's basically like, you have nothing to do with this, Batman. Yeah, he feels more like an anti-hero yes. than a villain. And the reason I want to talk about this episode, we talk about it very briefly here, is I can't get over the insanity <laughs> of Walt Disney. If there's a video of him, it was a TV special of him announcing the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. It's the Florida Project, and it is beyond. It's it's he he had some sort of whatever term I'm looking for, you know, just like yeah. He really did see himself, I think, as a godlike figure. So did people just lie to him on his deathbed that yeah we'll continue this, or do they tell him like yeah it's not going to happen? No, I think I think they made it seem like it was going to happen. I'm surprised he didn't have like stuff like signed and like we had to follow these guidelines otherwise the money was locked away forever yeah i don't know about the legal aspects i think you he knew they were going to have to have a theme park component to it just tourism reasons publicly i think they made it seem like they were still maybe going to do a city but we just have to focus on theme park first you know there's no way they were gonna ever go through with those plans if you really get into it, there's a lot of things like he didn't, he wanted everyone obviously to have a job. They were assigned a job. You couldn't be over a certain age because old people can't work. It kind of sounds um, like communism. Almost. It's very socialist, isn't it? It feels very socialist. And like certain things wouldn't be allowed in his city, like, you know, cigarettes and drugs. He really wanted to control these people's lives, which is just so psychotic. That's well, he even, he, he literally in that video, I think, talks about having climate controlled environments so you can't you know so you can have perfect weather all the time and you don't have natural disasters and just the mania of this man that's crazy he could have picked just like the middle of like the desert in arizona or something if he was wanted to avoid a natural disaster yeah and it's it's interesting because florida doesn't seem like the place for that it seems like the place for tourism which it has become yeah, so it's an odd choice. Prior to Disney World, was there was it a tourist destination for these type? Of, it, no, there was nothing predates it, right? No, it was like so. Just land. because it's warm, it's just it was warm. Northerners going south because it's warm. Yeah, I'm sure there was like beach culture and stuff, but I don't think it was like to the level of like 
the Northeast boardwalks and that kind of stuff. And that area was like Orlando was nothing, right? It was yeah, Orlando was nothing. Nothing. I mean, the airport they didn't have an airport. I don't think until later. I believe the airport was a like an air force base. I think. I think it had something to do with the military. Because when did yeah when Disney World opened, it did not have an airport. It was never thought to be a major international tourist destination like it is now. So that's all I have. These two episodes. Next week, we're going to be talking about Distinct Ride at Epcot. Uh, it was not an opening day ride. I think it took a year for it to open, but uh, it is Horizons. We're going to talk about Horizons, which I think for the diehard theme park person is probably the one thing people are most nostalgic about. Even people like me who never got to do it. It's the one ride I think we wish we could get to do. When did it close? 1999. Uh, it closed in the mid-90s, but then they would reopen it from time to time during high levels of crowds. But they demolished the building in 1999. I'm, I'll get into it in the episode next week. Anything else to add about this week's episode, Ryan? Maybe I'll eventually go through the Batman animated series, but first sure. episode, I enjoyed it. It's sure. just a commitment, Alice. I don't know if I can commit to it. It was like 80 you don't episodes. have to watch every episode. I'll make a list of episodes you should watch. Skipping around, am I going to not know the continuity of episodes? Not really. A lot of episodes are standalone. I do love, like, it, for this and a lot of other pop culture nerd stuff, where it's like, like a guy named, like, you got to read the comic book or the read the book or watch this or watch that to know everything, which I do hate. for like nerd culture where it's like i just want to watch the show i don't feel like having to read the graphic novel listen to the novella to (laughs) be able to get the full but like just i hate i hate that sometimes there's like too much commitment to get like a full fleshed out story yeah which they do for video games all the time it's like well if you need to know the backstory of this side character you need to like pre-order the game to get the limited edition comic book and only there you will find out about this character that nobody really cared about. But I enjoyed it. And it's always good watching The Simpsons. We will probably see them in the parks, what, 10 years from now? After I mean, Universal they're in, gives they're up. in the other parks. Yeah, but a Disney park. I think Universal is going to end up having to give it up. I just feel like that's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back with the Marvel stuff where it's, well, we want whatever it is. And then they're going to go, yep, we'll, we'll give you the Simpsons. So we will see. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, the Simpsons in the theme park, I enjoy like walking through it, but the ride itself is very hit or miss yeah. to people. I enjoy it, but it makes a lot of people want to throw up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's anytime you talk to anybody, it's like, do you like the Simpsons ride? Yeah, I must throw up. It just came right before they used like the 3D technology. So, and even like HD wasn't a huge thing. So the screen's so pixelated and it's not 3D. So just it looks, doesn't look great. That's all I have to add. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Theme Park Paradise is a part of the Unlikely Alliance Network. Links to all of our content can be found by going to theunlikelyalliance.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at themeparkpd. And you can rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars, please. Thank you for listening.